Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please Listen, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you guys don't miss any of the episodes that you can see them in person. Subscribe to our Facebook page so that we'll be able to communicate with you more, uh, give you information on other things that we have coming up, uh, be it workshops um, and live uh, events and things like that, uh, and also uh, products that we have coming up, like ebooks and things like that. And... Uh, Subscribe to our Spotify page. Man, I can't even get it out <laughs> to the podcast on Spotify. Give us a uh, rating. Tell us how you think we're doing uh, with the podcast. And stay to the end. I'm going to tell you guys how you can win $100 from the podcast. But you got to stay to the end in order to find out that information. Okay, cool. So today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest. Coach Nikki, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you? I am well. I am well. So first of all, let me say thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part. You could have been doing anything, uh, but you took out time to be here with me and my listeners, and I definitely appreciate it. So I want you to know that up front. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here tonight. 
No problem. No problem. So let's jump right in it. So first of all, tell us, uh, tell my listeners who you are and what it is that you do. Yes. So my name is, I am Nakia Tisby, known as Coach Key with most of my followers and um, those within my community. I am a spiritual life coach specializing in self-forgiveness and ego coaching. I am the founder of the Human Network, a ministry of restoring traumatic mindsets in youth and young adults in underserved communities. Um, We've been established since 2014, and we've been impacting lives and changing our community um, one child at a time. Um, So with the nonprofit, we specialize in trauma work and we provide social, emotional um, life coaching. And so that and it's and it's free, free to slide and scale um, for those because we are in underserved communities. I am, am a. I wear a number of different hats. I am a uh, mental health first aid responder for both adults and for youth. Yes, and I am a mental health professional working as a certified parent peer specialist, which simply means I provide support to parents who have children in the mental health systems, and I help them to navigate that and provide that support that they need for understanding. And um, mental health has been, my, has been my passion for over 20 years, and uh, it's from my own personal, you know, my own lived experience that brought me um, into the industry. And I love, I love it. Okay. Okay. Well, that was, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you uh, also, since you brought it up, you know, what was the the journey or the uh, events that happened that led you to even want to go into the, the field of mental health? Yes. So to make a long story short, um, I'll be as brief as I can, um, but to, you know, to give a full understanding of how this all started. So um, let's see. I I was uh, bullied uh, in in high school, in junior high and high school, and I very low self-esteem, uh, very low self-esteem, very low uh, self-awareness, wasn't very self-actualized, didn't know, didn't know who I was. I just subscribed to whatever people called me um, to be. Uh, so my identity was just, you know, mixed up in lies and in rumors. And uh, that caused me to have uh, panic attacks, you know, anxiety attacks. And um I almost dropped out of school. I almost didn't graduate from high school because of that. Um, And as a result from being bullied, you know, it it left me numb to, uh, let's say, recognizing abuse, you know, as it is verbally. So I ended up transitioning, you know, into adulthood and getting into relationships that were unhealthy because I was being abused physically and verbally in those relationships. And I, I, again, I was so used to being treated poorly. I didn't, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know any better. And it was around about that time that I also noticed that I would have a severe crying spells. And I noticed that, you know, some days it would be 
I would be paralyzed. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't move. Um, I could go a day or two without eating. I could go a day or more without having human contact. I would just shut myself off from the rest of the world and just, you know, lay in bed and just, just really, just really just cry. And, and, um, I remember when I was in high school, it was my first, um, attempt to, you know, commit suicide to get away from the pain. And um, so that wasn't successful. That wasn't successful. Thank God for that. But um, again, in my adulthood, being in those domestic abusive relationships, it led me down a path of just, you know, um, alcohol and drugs to numb the pain. And then again, like I said, I'm dealing with these Spells, as I was calling them, the crying spells and the, the the shutting myself off and locking myself in a dark room, not wanting to go out, not wanting to go to work, just not feeling like myself. Um, I managed to get out of those toxic relationships, and I managed to get into a healthy relationship, but I wasn't healed. I wasn't. I wasn't. There was something wrong. There was something that was missing. And one day, this was back in two thousand. I want to say, I think it was 2014, no, 2000, 2013, actually. Um, I attempted to take my life again. And I remember that I felt so worthless. I felt alone. I felt... Um, like I didn't matter and no one would miss me if I, you know, if I were gone, I just, you know, I wanted the pain to end. I wanted the pain to stop. I wanted it all to be over. So anyway, so that time was that, that time wasn't successful at all, but however, coming out of that, um, after I, um, um, after coming out of that and coming out of the hospital, you know, I realized, I said, you know, there's something I, I, I need a work. I need help. I really need some professional help. And so I sought therapy. I had to see a therapist when I was in the hospital at that time. And I had to continue to see a therapist. Mind you, years prior to that, I was introduced to a therapist, but I did not latch on or subscribe to the idea of having a therapist because I grew up in a household that didn't recognize mental health. You know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. you. You'll be okay. Just pray about it and the problem will go away. And that's not what happened for me. So I lived in denial for many years before I actually, before that event actually happened to me the second time around with me attempting, you know, to take my life. You know, I, I said, something has to be done. Something has to change. And so from that point on, I was like, I know that I'm not alone. I said, I know I can't be the only one living in this silent. Um, it was a silent hell. I have to say it is because, you know, with the stigma that's associated with mental with with having a mental condition or a mental distress you you're embarrassed you're embarrassed you you don't want to speak your truth because you don't want to be judged because there's so much negativity around it and i was just like i can't 
do that. I have to share my story. I have to share my testimony. I have to be able to change just one person's life and help them to come to terms with the pain that they've had in their past and how, um, you know, coming to terms with that pain, how we can change your life for the better, and then recognizing the lessons that you've learned and use that to help someone else. So all of that, I, did, I went through all of that, and that led me to where I am now. So, um, you know, I the 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 my mental um, distress comes in the form of PTSD from the bullying that I endured when I was in when I was in high school. Okay, okay. I, I, I want to go back a little bit to one of the things that you said, which I know is is very important um, in our communities because there is a stigma. Um, of mental health, uh, you know, you don't want to say that you're dealing with it, or a, a lot of times our families don't want to um, admit that we're dealing with it because we have some some things that runs in our families that's in our bloodline, some disorders or or I don't necessarily want to say disorder, but some mental you know issues should I say that's actually goes from one generation to another. And, you know, there's some stigmas about it in our families and in, in our community where, you know, sometimes we jokingly say, you know, that's the crazy uncle or, you know, that's the crazy auntie or whatever. But nobody never really tries to figure out what's really wrong, you know, or nobody really tries to figure out what's going on with it. And it continues, you know, when we have one or two or three generations where we have a, a crazy aunt or crazy cousin or whatever, then that should let us know, okay, something is going on. You know, something is, is going on, something needs to be addressed. And so it's that stigma that we have a lot of times in our communities that we have to break, you know, because mental health is a real thing and we deal with it all the time. And a lot of times it's, it's just that, you know, like you said, uh, you know, with the different family members and not wanting to be looked at, you know, as the crazy person or the crazy member, you know, family member. Um, when the reality of it is a lot of things that we go through, we're all dealing with it. You know, we all just don't show it. Some of us are better at hiding it than other, you know, than others are in our communities and in, in our in our households. So um, as you work have begun to work with with different ones what is one of the one of the main things uh that you know you think is uh attributes to that stigma that we have as, as a culture when it comes to mental health okay uh so that was a lot but what i want to address is that you know what you are speaking about is generational trauma Mm -hmm. or 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 um um generational trauma um transgenerational trauma um it's where you know um a traumatic experience that's been experienced in you know in the past is is brought about and it's passed on one generation to the next one generation to the next and it never goes away because again it's never addressed and it's not addressed again because we don't want to be judged we don't want to be seen as quote unquote unstable we don't want to be um seen as quote unquote crazy and i think it's because 
you know, our culture, even now, you know, even though people are talking a lot about, you know, mental health and shining a light on it, look how long it's taken and it still has a ways to go. So even mm-hmm. though it's something that people are working toward making it a, a almost like non-taboo subject, it's still a lot that needs to be learned. And so bringing more awareness learning more about it um, through education and not being afraid to assess yourself and not being afraid to get the help that you need should you feel like you need it. And I believe, especially, you know, in in our community, in our African-American community, we spend so much time being the quote unquote strong ones until we feel like, you know, um, we feel as though we don't need the help. And that can be that's that's far from the truth. We need more help than I can even begin to talk about, especially when it comes to generational trauma. We've a lot uh, generational trauma, genocide. I mean, we there's 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 a lot that we can deal with that has been passed on you know, on down the line, especially those who are in those underserved communities where we go in and we help them, they deal with, gener- you know, they deal with generational trauma in, in, in that, com- you know, in those, um, in that social, social economic dynamic. And so that's where I feel like for me personally, that's where the need is the most because most times they don't have access to the resources that they need in order to take care of, you know, their mental conditions. And so it's a work that needs to be done. It's a lot of work that's, you know, involved with getting the job done of shedding more light on mental, mental health, but it can be done just, you know, we just have to be open again to learning and being open to accepting others for who they are. Yeah. And I, and I want to go I want to go back a little bit to, to one of the things that you said with, you know, uh, us being, you know, wanted to be looked at as the strong person and how, you know, even the, the strong people need help. And I, and I, I want to even uh, agree with you on that, because I think sometimes those of us who sometimes uh, label ourselves or want to label ourselves as strong and being a strong person really need the most help because we don't process our emotions or our trauma the way that we should. And, and actually what we do is we just bottle it up and, and pack it down and say, I'm, I'm strong enough to press for it, but we never process it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you got all these strong members in your family that is processing and that's when it goes to like you said the, the generational traumas that's being passed down because no one is actually dealing with the actually root of the the things that's going on with them they're so busy trying to put forth the facade of being strong in different areas that they're not actually processing what what's going with going on with them and it's just carrying on from one generation uh to the next generation so, and then one of the other things we, we talked about uh, briefly, you mentioned even the traumas, especially in, in our under, underserved communities, um, you know, especially in, in the black communities, and I can speak from a, from a, a male perspective, you know, it's, it's trauma every day that's being presented to you, mm-hmm. you know, on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just 
of, of turning on your, your TV, you know, mm-hmm. on, on one hand, you can see, you know, someone being, you know, shot or something like that, you know, whether it's by, you know, uh, someone else in the community or was by law enforcement or whatever, you see that side. And then there's other issues that you know, that's going on within your family that you see in person day to day. And so it's like, whether we realize it or not, we're constantly being, you know, faced with different traumas and, and things that is having an effect on us that sometimes we don't even realize that we're being affected by it, you know, mm-hmm. until something happens that triggers something. And then our reaction lets us know, oh, maybe that was something that I was dealing with that, you know, maybe I should have, I should have talked about, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more. So what, mm-hmm. what, what would be something that, you know, uh, or should I say a, a, um, a word of, not advice, I guess, but, you know, something that you may help someone with, or, or, or I can't even think about how I'm trying to say it, <laughs> but someone <laughs> comes to you, you know, that you know has been through a traumatic event, you know, what would be something that you would tell them or guide them through to help kind of get them started on, you know, facing it and then begin to get through it. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned um, when it comes to uh, the trauma that's experienced in underserved communities, it's, it's a level of trauma that's known as complex or interpersonal trauma. And that's where, you know, the child or the person's are inundated with, you know, abuse on a daily, I mean, trauma on a daily basis, you know, gunshots and, 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 you know, the police coming and arguments and domestic violence in the household. And so, you know, it, it just compounds, it just compounds, and then it becomes something that, you know, it's traumatic in the beginning, but then over time it becomes a norm to them. And so they grow up thinking that this behavior is okay. And then they end up, you know, being in, in, in unhealthy relationships, not all, I'm not, I'm not generalized, generalizing this, but just saying, for example, someone who has become numb to it, they continue to live in that environment and becomes repetitious, repetitious. So one of the things that I encourage, and this is just the one thing that I encourage, this is just the start, there there, there are different levels, but Mm -hmm. I start with acknowledging the fact of the trauma, acknowledge the fact that, yes, I've been through a traumatic experience, yes, it has affected me in this way, and yes, I need help. And so just acknowledging the fact and accepting it and recognizing that it's trauma because some people are being exposed to trauma and they don't even know that they're being exposed to trauma. They don't know. You, you know what I mean? So they have to, it has to be pointed out. It has to be recognized. And when it's at, when it's realized and it's brought about and it's actualized, then that's when we can go in and do the work and, 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 and start processing in order to, um, find some healing and be able to break the cycle. Yeah. And and I I know that, you know, when we talk about uh, traumas, you know, and and again, we are faced with a lot of traumas on a day-to-day basis from, from outside sources, 
you know, mm-hmm. but then there are some traumas that that we uh, willingly or unwillingly kind of put ourselves in the midst of, you know, mm-hmm. even like you said, you know, a domestic violence. I actually, my one of the, the episodes that released this week uh, was on domestic violence uh, as we're recording this. But um, so one of the things was that, you know, sometimes we get used of things because it's our regular environment. And so now we're, you know, either allowing ourselves to be the victim. If we want to talk about domestic violence, either we become the victim and we're used to being the victim or we become the person, you know, that's uh, uh, the offender, you know, in the situation. And sometimes it's because that has become our normal. And when we find ourselves in these situations, sometimes then when we realize what we've done and what we've become, then there comes another thing that we uh, want to, us to talk about a little bit a little bit is the things that you begin to hold against yourself you know the grudges and and uh you know things of unforgiveness you know that you hold within yourself because i should have knew known better or i shouldn't have did that or i should have made a different decision you know and i know that's one of the things that you talk about that you deal with with self uh self-forgiveness and so um when someone comes to you you know even with you know, those things is like, okay, how do I forgive myself for some of the mistakes or decisions that I've made? You know, what would be something in that process to help, you know, get someone started in that process? Yes. So self, you know, self-forgiveness in and of itself is the release of, you know, toxic thoughts that you have towards yourself related to past mistakes and self-sabotaging behavior. So for me, one of the things that I did, you know, in the past, I self-medicated because I did not, one, I didn't, when you're in a toxic, when you're in a toxic situation, And say, for instance, let's just take my abuse, my domestic violence abuse situation. Um, Let's talk about that one thing. You know, when you're in it and you love someone, you're, you you know, it's going to change. It's going to get better. But as you're dealing with it and as you're processing it and you're just in it, you find ways to numb the pain. And so, you know, I I drank, you know, I experimented with, with drugs just so that I could um, have something to bring me some solace because mm-hmm. I, I I could at that time see no way out. And so for me, one of the things that I had to do in order to forgive myself, I had to acknowledge the hurt and the pain. So when I work with um, when I work with others and and we're when we're talking about self forgiveness, the first thing is to acknowledge the hurt and the pain, and go ahead and give life to it and speak it out and release it. Um, the second thing that I offer them to do is to apologize to themselves for anything that they've done that's been self sabotaging. For myself, I had to forgive myself for you know drinking too much um, and staying in a situation for too long because I'm, I'm hoping and I'm wishing and I'm praying for things to change, but nothing's changed and I'm still there. Um, The next thing I would say is to make amends 
with the mistakes and the behavior that you have, make amends with it and draw from it what you've learned. So, okay, I've learned how to recognize, you know, an abusive or narcissistic person right away. And I know what that may lead to not saying that that's the case for everyone. I'm saying for me personally, what I look for as a means of self-protection, because what you want to do is you don't, you you want to give yourself the allowance of not repeating past mistakes. You want to be able to going into that fourth thing, allow yourself to heal. And as you're healing, you don't want to backpedal. You want to keep moving forward. So when you recognize things as they are with a particular um, situation, you have to give light to that. You have to have that conversation. Is this something that's going to be beneficial to me or is it not going to be beneficial to me? And so um, once you are on the men's and you allowing yourself to heal, you have to be willing to fully embrace who you are now versus who you were before when you were doing all of those things in the past. You have to be able to release any negative feelings that you have that towards yourself from then and just be able to let it go and allow yourself to heal. Okay. Okay. So you, you mentioned something, uh, you, you mentioned it a couple of times, the word mend. And mm -hmm. I know that that's part of the name of your network. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I'm big on, uh, uh, acronyms. I love acronyms. So it's not actually an acronym, but I, I do think it's, it's, it's a, uh, unique name, even the way that you, you guys spelled it. So it's not who, who is who mend. But not like who man, but who right. H U M E N D, like mending. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about about the network and even how you came up with the name because I think that's uh, that's uh, nice and original within itself. Thank you so much. Uh, so human H U apostrophe M E N D network. So human came from the name itself came from just what you said. Human hue and mend heal which is what i'm on a mission to do i'm on a mission to mend heal traumatic mindsets in youth and young adults and adults as well because i do i do have adult clients and so the network part of it is because you know we comprise ourselves of other organizations that we refer out to for mental health assistance therapists psychiatrists other life coaches. And so we come together and we provide those services to those in underserved communities that sometimes can't afford to get the help that they need. And so that's where the name comes from and how it, it, it came to be. Right. Um, and then, like I said, the, the network itself, the organization itself, we're a 501c3 organization. And um, we have done uh, it first started out, it first started out as just, when I first started back in 2014, it started as just a solo mission, you know, based on the experiences I've had on the past, in the past, it started off as a solo mission, just going into local churches and, and working with people and talking to people. And, it, and next thing I know, it turned into a mission, it snowballed into one thing after the next, and now here we are. All right, all right. So where where um, are you located, actually? 
I'm located in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, apart from, or should I say a part of uh, your story is uh, you've written a book and the book actually deals with self-forgiveness also, right? It does. It does. Beauty from ashes, um, finding self for um, finding redemption and self forgiveness, uh, and it's it's a, it's a book that shares my testimony. But then it's also a workbook to help you with your journey and uh, um, coming to terms with your testimony and writing your testimony so that you're able to share it with others, so that you can help someone to deal with their problem heal from me and fulfill their purpose. <laughs> right, all right, all right. So we're we in, in agreement. All right, I like yeah. that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that there's there's so much to be to be talked about uh you know especially dealing with trauma and, and our youth especially now because I think this whole social media thing adds a whole new level uh of trauma to our children because they're supposed they're exposed to so much more, so much earlier, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I was talking to my son, so uh, my granddaughter, you know, so whatever this is with the new generation, you know, when they had the kids and the first thing they do, they get my iPad, you know what I mean? It's like, here's the iPad, you know, to keep them busy. And so she's yeah. playing with the iPad one day and, you know, I come over and I'm, and I'm looking at what she's watching. And so it has these characters uh, like Mickey Mouse, or whatever, these little characters. And then they're like really happy and just like bouncing around. And then it clicks and it turns real dark, you know, and now they're like angry and like, you know, doing like all kind of little crazy stuff. And so it's just flipping back and forth. You know, it's like they're happy one minute, then they just go to like real angry mode. You know, and I'm like, what are you watching? You know, what are you watching? I'm trying to tell my son, like, you have to be careful, you know, what they're watching. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you're mm -hmm. not paying attention. And, you know, I don't know what the subliminal mind thing, but just it was just disturbing for me to watch. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like a Mickey Mouse character that's, you know, all happy. And then he just changes. Now he's just all dark and angry and tearing stuff up. And I'm like, what you know, yeah, there's no words. you know, yeah. there's no words or anything. It's just music and it's just, just going back and forth with different characters that's going from this happy point to this really angry point. And I'm like, that can't be good. No, that can't <laughs> be good. No. That's not good at all. Yeah, but there's, so, so, but there's so much out there. So much out there. Just like you said, there's so much out there that they're exposed to. And sometimes we think, you know, just because it's animation that it's good for them, and it's not always good. Right, right, right. Because I remember even when I was young, when they really first start pushing the envelope. Um, I don't know if you even remember. Uh, what was the guy's name? I can't even think of the cartoon, but I think it was on Fox, you know, with the little Beavis and Butthead. I think that was when it really started pushing the pushing the envelope with the, yeah. the animation, you know, because you had your your uh you know Bugs Bonnie and things like that when they dropped the thing on his head or something like that, you know, but they always got back up, you know. But I think when Beavis and Butthead came out. You know, that's when they really started pushing the envelope on 
what they, you know, would show. And then it only got worse from there. Yeah, it got worse from <laughs> Yes. But, yeah, so we definitely, you know, have to be careful with that. Like you said, even though it's animated, and I think that's even worse now, even because now it's transitioned from, you know, cartoons to even the games that they play. Because I remember when my sons first came, uh, when, uh, what is the game? The, the Grand Theft Grand Theft Auto came out, yeah. And I remember them won it, you know, and I had already seen the, the things for it. And I'm like, there's no way I'm buying you that. You know, it's like we already deal with, I mean, we we don't necessarily live in, in, a, in the hood, but we're still connected because we still know people and we still, you know, go there. Um, so you're already seeing these things, you know, in this environment that you visit from time to time, you know, I moved out of that neighborhood for a reason. You know what I mean? We moved out the hood so that you'll be exposed to, you know, a different lifestyle. But now we're going to buy you something that puts you mentally right back into that place. So even though you're not physically doing it, but mentally you're doing it, you know, through this game or whatever. And I'm like, no, definitely not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good decision. <laughs> you can take that off the Christmas list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we really have to be uh, definitely more aware of, of not only what we're allowing our children to be influenced by, but even by the, some of the things that we're influenced by, you know, some of the things yeah. that we watch and we listen to exactly. and you know, we get involved with so that, you know, even our own traumas, we're not passing it down to our children and our grandchildren. So, yeah. Coach, uh, I'm going to let you have the last word. First of all, let me say again, thank you so very much for being on. Right? Thank you for having um, me, yes. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So I, thank you for being on. I'm going to let you have the last word. I want you to you know, leave us with something, whatever you decide, a word of advice, you know, word of inspiration, or you know, whatever, whatever comes to your mind, and definitely give us your um uh, social media handles and let us know where we can get your book and things like that. So I'll let you think about that real quick. Um, to my listeners, I told you guys that I would let you know how you could win a hundred dollars from the podcast. And since you asked for it, here it is. In order to win a hundred dollars from the podcast, you need to enter our $100 super subscriber contest, right? Very simple. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube page right? Subscribe to our Facebook page and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. You have to subscribe to all three to be uh, able to be in the super subscriber contest. Now, after you have subscribed to all three, then you text the word WIN to 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730. To qualify to win a hundred dollars, the uh, converse, the contest is random, so I do it every once in a while. Whenever I feel like it, I can do it today. I can do it tomorrow. Whenever, and it's ongoing, so it never ends. So it don't matter when you do it, when you subscribe. I will ask that you subscribe now, right? So you can get in the game. Um, but whenever you decide to do it, but that's how you do it. You can win a hundred dollars from that's a uh, from the podcast as being a super subscriber again you just have to subscribe to our youtube channel subscribe to our facebook page and our podcast on spotify and then text the word win to 
Oh, and you can win $100. So, Coach, I'm going to let you have the last word. Again, thank you so very much for taking out your time for being here. Uh, again, you could have been doing anything else, but you were here with us, and I definitely appreciate it. So I'll let you have the last word. The floor is yours. Thank you so much again. It was an honor being here tonight. And I just wanted to leave with this. I wanted to just say that you, for anyone out there right now that's going through anything, you are not, and let me repeat that again, you are not your diagnosis. You are not what you are called. You are not. You do not have to subscribe to what anyone calls you. You are who you call yourself. You are God who is, um, you are who are um, who God has caused you to be. So once you recognize what that is, then you'll be able to walk in your purpose. My book, Beauty from Ashes, can be found on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I can be located on Instagram at Nikia, N-I-K-K-I-A, Tisby, T-I-S-A-B-Y. You can find more about Human Network on Facebook, H-U apostrophe M-E-N-D network. And you can also visit us at www.humandnetwork.com. If you have any questions or concerns, or if you're in need of counsel, um, my email address is coachky at humandnetwork.com. All right. All right. We can't do it no better than that. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And my mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your person, your purpose. And this is Ernest James. Until next time, we will see you guys next week. Be blessed. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.